Hi, this is Sadiq Saif, and this is episode 9 of Two Shades of Brown. And with me today is, as always... Uh, your co-host, uh, Christian Kulichu. And our first topic today is is all about culture. We'll be starting with uh, the internet's uh, favorite uh, music video of the year, uh, Beyonce's Formation. And and for those of you who uh, want to keep scoring how, how hashtag brands fits in, because that's always important, yeah. Red Lobster's Fail of recognizing a cultural trend. <laughs> this could this could have been their biggest uh, biggest marketing uh, success of all Free time. Free marketing Free success too. Yeah. And the video, like, uh, I remember when it came out, uh, I think it was posted on r slash uh, hip-hop heads. Um, and the video at the time, I think it still is, might be unlisted on YouTube. So... It it does not show up in search results, so it's 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 very interesting. It still had like how many millions of views it has at this point. Can can we talk yeah. about the art direction in this movie in this video? Just uh, so good. The art direction is uh, straight up Louisiana. It's straight up uh, New Orleans style, which is which is lovely, especially since you don't really see that much outside of like Louisiana specific artists. Right, it's it's really like, like really visually uh, appealing, like everything from, the, like say the, the little house that they shoot the video in, so parts of the video, so good, the yep. dresses that they're wearing, oh my god, that those are fantastic, just so freaking awesome, and, and the that symbolism, the beat. yeah, yeah, it's all it's all great. The symbolism, I think, is what I think appeals to most people in this video. The uh, sort of uh, confidence, uh, black power, sort of uh, female empowerment sort of thing going on. I mean, depending on who you are, that might be the main reason to stay away from this video. Probably, yes. But uh, I, this, a lot of people like find this video very sort of like uh, life-affirming and sort of like Beyonce sort of like shouting out to everybody uh, that she didn't forget and she knows who, where she's from. And I think the New York Times had a really good piece on 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 the, on the video and an analysis of the symbols, which I which I put in the show notes later. Which you can always find at twoshadesofbrown dot com. Dot com, yes. Although we're, uh, we're thinking about switching to a dot uh, af. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, things that are symbol symbolic, or people uh, who's being af. Af, yeah, Kanye. <laughs> Kanye, of course, Kanye doing Kanye things. Kanye things. Uh, it seems like Kanye's gone a bit uh, of the of the deep end a little bit more than I, usual. I, I feel like Kanye has is just uh, either a is a really good troll and knows what he's doing, or b has lost it, or a mix of both, which is probably yeah, yeah, which no, is most it's, likely. It can't tell. That's the problem. Uh, well, so basically, Kanye announced two games. One one's a mobile game. The other one's actually it's like a, a musical game where right now it's an early access on title. Mm-hmm. And he he hasn't announced plans for uh, an open beta yet, but <laughs> yeah. but we we do believe that there's going to be a season pass. Yeah, the, like it's this is interesting. Uh, music released in this way is sort of uh, I don't think it has really been done before to any any degree of success. Um, Kanye is certainly sort of experimenting in this uh, sort of thing, and the thing is, even with this title, I don't think it's gonna go anywhere with this. Even with title, title is gross. But just to give some background information because I think we're getting a little too ahead. Kanye uh, has been said like last month, February eleventh, his new album's coming out. 
come February 11th, the album was not out. And he kept tweeting names and stuff of the album. <laughs> like, he changed it four times. Right. And then he decided on The Life of Pablo. And then also, mm-hmm. which one, in large caps, is all <laughs> over the, the announcement page as well. And the album cover said which one on it until yesterday, where four songs were changed to different uh, different mixes, mm-hmm. three title uh, tracks were changed, and the cover art was changed to just say "Life of Pablo." See, the thing is, you can't like it's it's you basically need like GitHub for music because I can't tell what the changes are and what the major differences are from the original version that I heard. Yeah, and this one's going to be super hard to pirate cuz which one are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 a mess. Uh, it's definitely a mess and it's like we'll the see. song the song Silver Surfer Intermission was changed to Silver Surfer Intermission how it's spelled. Yeah. Uh, the mix is redone on it. Fade had a redone mix. The original version of Father Stretch My Hands cut off four seconds before it should have. Mm-hmm. And I and, think Wolves was the one that was modified as well. Yeah, Wolves. And then there's also Waves. There's not even... He, he delayed the album again, like one day before it came out, to record a version of Chance the Rapper, which is not on the album, but Chance has been blasting it on his Snapchat, so who knows when yeah. that's going to hit the actual album. Oh lord, there's there's gonna be like a extended version of this album with all like all the different versions of the songs. Mm-hmm. And it's going to sell leak, for like 100 A leak bucks. drop of uh, Wolves yesterday, and a big, super, a super big leak came out yesterday. A bunch of Chikane tracks and stuff. And there was a uh, a version of Wolves that had Vic Mensa and Sia on it, with the mm-hmm. Frank Ocean yeah. intro being played at the beginning, which sounds super album-ready, which it's like, wh- I, what are you doing, Kanye? I, Kanye's gone a little bit uh, insane on Twitter, as everybody might, might already know. Yeah, and then, uh, then there's some good old... It's just him. Just I don't even. I don't even know. I like. Let's talk about this sort of exclusive thing that music is sort of trending with. Started with, uh, started with Taylor Swift with uh, 1989 not being released on, uh, on Spotify. No, it goes way back before then. It's yeah. It, it goes. It does. Jay Z. There's Jay Z having a one album deal with Samsung that was only available on a Samsung app on Samsung phones. But the thing and is, then I Prince think Taylor's one song with Spotify. But I think yeah, Taylor Swift was the beginning of it because Apple Music is really where all the big exclusives have been landing, right? Surf yeah. from Chance the Rapper and the Social Experiment, uh, Views from the Six, Drake's new album is going to be only on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I'm I'm a big fan of. Uh, to be honest, the problem I have is if you're gonna release a digital exclusive to one service, okay, whatever. At least let me buy a physical copy of the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I can't do with Life of Pablo because obviously it's not finished yet. Uh, just, just with 1989, I didn't have that big of a problem because I could just buy the CD and uh, that that was it. Yeah. Uh, the streaming wasn't that like it still annoys me that I can't listen to. I can't listen to uh, the Taylor Swift stuff on on Spotify. Can't listen to the new uh, Dr. Dre album on on Spotify. Like I don't want to subscribe to multiple music services just so I can listen to everything. That's yeah. that's not. That's and not even feasible. too, like it, at least like I understand if they withhold from streaming altogether, right? Like Adele did with Twenty Four. Right. That, that that I can understand. So the very least, just the only way to get is to buy it. All right, cool. But then this exclusivity stuff, it just it doesn't really good work good for uh, yeah. customer attraction not because no. basically the only people who are doing it are like pop artists and hip hop artists, and yeah. that's like that's. 
sure, that's that's a good percentage of your market, but going after exclusives in every genre is just going to fragment the market and make people more annoyed than anything. It makes it a mess. It's it's like you can't expect people to just leave, like, except for Spotify or any other music streams. People are not just going to up and leave because they have they're sort of invested in the platform. I have a lot of playlists that I made. I have a lot of custom playlists that I follow that are, that I can't really replicate. Uh, on other music services, it's it's not it's not easy to move. From, there's a bit of a lock-in with music services, and just it's not it's just doesn't. The only people it works for are the people making the contracts. So yep, yeah. Uh, speaking of not so bad things, um, Kendrick's uh, Grammy performance. Holy shit! Also pissing yeah. people off on Twitter. All three of these things have been pissing people off on Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so good. Kendrick's, Kendrick's Grammy performance. Oh my god, that was it was beautiful. I, I, are you disappointed that he didn't get an album of the year and Taylor Swift got it? Uh, I mean, when was the last time a hip hop artist got album of the year? It's the Grammys. They'll give you best rap album of the year if you're if you're really good. But outside of that, you're not. You'll get he nominated. did get best rap album of the year, right? I mean, for for to, but, to who was he competing against though? He's competing against a Drake mixtape. A J. Cole album, and that's like about it. Okay, there wasn't, that's... there wasn't, there wasn't much nominated. To to be honest, I'm like I'm sort of broken up because I really liked 1989. I feel like it's a fantastic album. Well, I mean, 1989 is a good pop album, and then it is. It Pimp is a Butterfly is a great politically relevant like work of art. Yeah, I feel like Two Pimp a Butterfly and 1989 are so separate that putting them in the same award category is sort of like. Uh, like the people, the Grammys are voted by a lot of people. Like it's not like the uh, Oscars or whatever. There's a lot of people voting for for selections and nominations. And 1989 just gonna appeal to more people in general. It's a pop album, so it's you know gets more radio play. Uh, just has more publicity, and it's Taylor Swift. It's not. And 1989 is inclusive and doesn't. It doesn't. Uh have the potential to exclude a large percentage of the of the voting populace like the Kendrick Lamar album does. Mm, yeah, that's true. There's there's a bit of politics involved obviously. Uh, and I I was a bit disappointed that Kendrick didn't get it, but uh, I was not surprised uh, that nine, that he didn't get it. So Although Taylor blasting Kanye was kind of funny. <laughs> yes, yes. Cuz I don't the, 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 to be a uh, to for context, Kanye spits some of the most misogynistic shit he yeah, ever he spit did. on Famous. Mm-hmm. But he, according to Twitter and according to Taylor, they both knew about that line. I'm not surprised. Obviously, this like, is celebrities. Like, yeah. yeah, like the, the line was like the, both parties were aware of that line existing. Yeah. And according to Kanye, Taylor was okay with it. And according to Taylor, she did not give the okay. But they both were. Uh, I mean, who knows? They both just might be doing it for publicity. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, but yeah, that that line was. Out of place, and let's, well, let's be honest. Once you got into the second track, the first line in that song just set set all expectations. And Father shifts my hands, part one, when he's talking about bleach. Like yeah. I don't. I, after that point, I was like, okay, this this is where this album's going. Yeah, it's just uh, not this. I don't know how I feel about the album yet. Uh, basically, but, it's a it's a mess. This album is not finished, obviously. But yeah. I mean, like, it's gonna like how does pitch does pitchfork go back and review software version one point one of Life of Pablo? <laughs> like this is yeah, this is confusing. Like for people who review music, it's yeah, like people what, who review what? art and art's supposed to be as presented, right? Yeah. But then like 
as like me and you, right, are people who just like mess with software all the time. Like we're like we're totally open to revisiting things and reviewing them once they've been updated, <laughs> right? But like according like to art, it's like it's. I feel like the Pitchfork is not going to review every iteration of this album. Yeah. Well, we'll see in a bit when Kanye finally decides he's done with it. Uh, we'll see what the final thing is. What if the life of Pablo is never done? What if it's like Naruto or One Piece? Oh Jesus! Oh my God! It's in forever. It's like it's like Google product. It's a forever in beta. Yeah, it's it's, it's the Shonen Google product of <laughs> of, of, of rap. Oh God! Uh, movie. Uh, moving on from uh, uh, actually, culture we're since, we're since talking about things that are unfinished. Moving on from culture, though, let's go to games. Yeah, uh, uh, let's start with the Homefront, uh, right? Since that's that's totally not finished. Oh yes, the beta. So how is it? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I played it for five minutes and then uninstalled it and thought, you why know, did I? You know, I yeah, uh, I launched it uh, for about. I played it for about ten minutes. My impression of it was basically super bland gunplay. Nothing appealing about any of the setting. Nothing appealing about any of the gameplay. The AI is dumb. AI it is really, like a really dumb. bad Unreal tech demo. <laughs> It doesn't even really demo the Unreal Engine really well, so I'm like... I don't even oh. think it's Unreal Engine, but like it feels like one of those like you know bad like Unity early access games oh, that Jesus. come with like um, that come you know with the uh, they're like using stock assets and they're using like the wrong maps. Like Jim Quisition had one right mm-hmm. about like it was about this um, one shooter game, but it was using a, uh, an asset yeah, asset flips, created yeah. for mm-hmm. for a top down RPG. So they just photoshopped. Oh yes, the cat video one. Yeah. Yes, the cat mm-hmm. video one, that one. Yeah, that, yeah. it's It just feels super generic yeah. uh, at this point, to be honest. Nothing's really separating it from every other shooter. And there's uh, not even any multiplayer in it. They took that out. The game's all single player. Or a co-op. It's all PvE stuff, and that's like, ugh. So basically, don't get home front. Like, imagine Left 4 Dead with terrible maps, terrible AI, and terrible gunplay. Left 4 Dead is a fantastic game. You can't really, like... I mean, Left 4 Dead is, a, like, a I'm just saying the same concept as Left 4 Dead, yeah, right? But take yeah. out good gunplay, take out good anything, and just mm. give it all shit, and that's basically what yeah. you have. And, to be honest, uh, let me talk about uh, XCOM 2, which I, I which I finished the campaign for. Uh, my first campaign of many. I just More importantly, like, what is XCOM? I've never heard of this game. Okay, I've heard of um, release, but like, X- how do you how do you play it? How does it work? XCOM is a turn-based strategy game uh, where you control a squad of soldiers and you battle uh, aliens. So it's an RTS. It's not. No, I said turn-based. It's not real time. Um, you mm. take turns, and the aliens take turns. So it's uh, you make your moves. You have to. You get two moves per unit per turn. And they make those moves, and then the enemy makes their moves, and you sort of do the whole uh, dance with that. But XCOM 2 came out recently. A uh, lot of hype, a lot of... Uh, I've been watching XCOM 2 streams a lot. I mean, I just finished my first campaign, and oh God, uh, the story is whatever, but the game is super buggy. Um drops frames to about like 10 frames per second a lot of the times um there's a lot of ui bugs there's a lot of uh, small crashes there's weird texture loading issues weird physics issues weird i feel like the game wasn't qa tested at all like some of these bugs like could have been detected like with the first mission of the game so i feel like 
either this was QA'd and nobody gave a shit, and they decided to release it anyway, uh, or it just it's just they they wanted to release it without QA for some reason, and it's just super buggy. The last mission in the game, which is supposed to be some epic battle uh, in this big room, is super buggy. Uh, the, I had to actually close the game, reload the save, uh, so I could finish it. Um, and so for a lot of people, the game would just crash at that point. So you, it just, it was just unfinishable. Like it's, it's bad. Uh, and Praxis only released one hotfix patch so far, which, according to a lot of people, actually makes it worse. So uh, that's that. Oh, okay. From that, we move on to ranting about bad PC ports. Oh God. Um. A couple couple bad PC ports came out recently. The first one was uh, Tales of Symphonia. It's uh, Isn't it's Tales a, of Symphonia like a Nintendo series? It's a GameCube game originally. Yeah, um, it's a Koei Tecmo game. If you know of that studio from Japan, um, they released an absolutely broken PC port. It's locked at like thirty FPS, seven twenty p. It's crashes for a lot of people it's just so bad there was a Jimquisition video about it there was a video about video on PC Gamer by the guy Durante who fixed the original Dark Souls game and he said that he fixed the Tales of Symphonia port in 10 minutes and basically if Koei Tecmo cannot bother to release like this game in a state where like they could apply a patch that could be fixed in 10 minutes I mean what is this? Nobody should be buying this product. It's just broken as fuck. Um, speaking of broken releases that are just not PC specific, uh, Street Fighter V came out this week, and the multiplayer is just broken. The game is unfinished. They released it early because of the tournaments that are coming up, and they wanted to get the pros uh, familiar with the game, so they released the game in a in a shitty state. Uh, I had a friend who bought Street Fighter, and he's like, I keep playing this game even though it quits on me all the time. It's terrible, <laughs> and it's not finished, and I'm kind of sad that I spent 60 bucks on it. Oh, God. Uh, like, if I bought that game on PC, I would be refunding it. Like, honestly, at this point, it's just mm-hmm. it's so bad. It, there's no point in supporting that. Like, it's, it's Capcom, please. But uh, before, but uh, I should say, though, quick, quick side note, please support Firewatch. Play that game. It's good. Oh, it's Firewatch, right? It's the uh, it's the interactive fiction, uh, yeah, dr- drama thing. By, it's, it's, good. Uh, it's good. By some yeah. guys at Irrational Studio and the Mac Software Group, ha- Panic. Mm-hmm. Really small developer team, uh, really well crafted little game. Uh, it's also twenty bucks, right? I think it's yeah, 20 bucks? it's twenty bucks. And don't be like that one guy who tried to refund it. He is he only got four hours out of it. Uh, it uh, I mean. The developers were upfront about the game play amount. They were like, it's going to be four to six hours. And for well, most people, it's about four hours. Um, so the developers are not like, they're not saying this is like an 80 hour RPG or whatever, but. Yeah, but people, people are weird. Like, refund games that are broken. But yes. don't don't refund games that are like fifteen bucks or so and get you a couple hours of gameplay. And then he finished it. I think the thing is, when he finished the game, and then he returned it. That's just uh, 
Just Firstly, Steam like, shouldn't allow that. Let's get let's get that right. Steam shouldn't if you if you if Steam has you on record beating a game, it should not be allowed for you to return mm-hmm. it. I feel like there's some tweaks that need to be made to the refund system, so that say a developer could set a flag where the game is marked as uh, the the player finished it. So um, so refunds are not so shitty for developers. Um. That's I think the Alden Games deals this week. Um, we we, we want to move on to the biggest sort of security uh, topic of the week. Uh, the, the Apple at the FBI uh, news that came out this week. Yeah. So uh, to give context, because there might be some non-Americans listening, there's a shooting in San Bernardino, and. Uh, it's by domestic terrorists, and that's absolutely terrible, right? Lives are lost and the such. But, so, the one of the um, accused shooters sh- uh, burned all of his iPhones. He had, mul- he had multiple phones, right? He burned them. Like, actually mm-hmm. set them on fire. The only right. one he did not set on fire was in work issued, because he worked for the state, uh, state office in California, a uh, iPhone 5C issued to him by his job. That was not mm-hmm. burned. Yeah. And... So the FBI is wanting wants Apple because it has a pin code on it, and how iOS works is if you get a pin code wrong, it doubles the time. Yes. So you can re-enter a pin code, mm-hmm. and so you only have about ten attempts until you're locked out for a good couple of years. So the so at the FBI, uh, it, it, uh, using using the judge's order, wants uh, Apple to devise a way so that the iPhone they can retrieve the data. From the iPhone without erasing the, without erasing the data or locking themselves mm-hmm. out. And if you read the court order, it's like really specific because it goes mm-hmm. into how they wanted to do it. Yes. Like they wanted to f- load an image that's purely upon RAM to infiltrate yeah. the. It's like it half reads like actual technical speak and kind of half out of some stuff from Mission Impossible. <laughs> like a part of it when I'm reading it makes me think that Tom Cruise is going to go down into a room and steal a diamond, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it's it's kind of odd, right? Because like, what are they gonna find on the device? iMessages is all they really can get, right? Because everything else is backed up, and you they Apple court orders Apple has to give out stuff on iCloud. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, and that that stuff's not really encrypted. Even the like the bundles might be, but like your email and stuff. It's encrypted, but they have the key to it. So yeah, I think... so the, the, basically like how how it works in America, right? Is that if you uh. Your data is thrown to a cloud service, then uh, government doesn't have to go through you or notify you that you're getting no, it that yeah. that there that there's a warrant mm-hmm. out for that. They go straight to Apple or Google, whoever has it, and they have to give it to them. And sometimes, if you use Fastmail and you use say for example using Fastmail and you just use a um, and you encrypt all your email, all the government's going to get is an encrypted bundle, which they can't do much with. But if Apple right. and Google and Microsoft, it's chances are they will get actual data they can use. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to bet that the they already have most of the stuff on this yes, iPhone? Yes, they do. They probably have most of the stuff, but they are. They feel like they're missing something that's like crucial to their case. Like iMessage is encrypted end-to-end, mm-hmm. right? That, yeah. That's all they don't have. Or yeah. even then, too, this case is a really great vehicle to prove, to set a precedent for this for backdoors to be um, yeah, put in this place. Is, uh, this, that's the uh, discussion at hand. It's the, the problem is... The technical problem is at this point, um, the device in question is uh, is an iPhone 5C, and that device then did not ship with something Apple calls the secure enclave, uh, 
Um, the secure enclave is basically this chip that's tamper-proof. Um, Think of it like a TSM chip. For, yeah. Uh, if we're going to equate this to back to the PC world, so people who are listening. Yeah. So, like there's so a, TPM, I think that's what he meant. Oh, yeah. T- uh, a TPM chip, a trusted platform module chip, which basically negotiates like the security of the device. And it has pre-programmed security rules that cannot be modified. So things like erasing the phone, things like uh, uh, the number of uh, delays in the attempts between passcodes, stuff like that, mm-hmm. is pre-programming the secure enclave. So and basically, like think of it like this, right? It's like if you encrypt your disk, the key lives in the secure enclave. Yes. And the and instructions on how to get on how to unlock that key live within mm-hmm. the secure enclave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the problem is it's a five C. So there is no secure enclave, and all the all the security is done by the iOS software itself. So Apple, the FBI basically wants Apple to make a custom iOS version using their signing key uh, and put it on the iPhone so they can retrieve the data, right? Yes. And set, with, that, they set a pre- with that, they set a precedent where companies are asked to make custom backdoor software for law enforcement. Um, it's, it's just, and so, and basically too, right. It's like, this is, this can technically be done even on, on, on the 5C for sure. But even into like, there is, we don't know, you don't, we don't really know for sure, but there's there's a chance it could be done Mm -hmm. on the newer phones because the whole entire, with, even with this career enclave, right. If, if it was tampered with, what does it do? Does it delete the key? Does it wipe the device? Yeah, like that's Apple, the thing. That is not in any of iOS security white papers of what happens to the secure enclave once it is tampered with, right? I feel like Apple needs to clarify uh, to the general public uh, about the about the, sec- the function of the secure enclave and how it, it reacts to potential tampering. Um, because usually tamper-proof stuff, you can, if, if you tamper with it in any way, it erases itself and self-destructs, essentially. But but how, uh, how much of that is recoverable, right? Yeah. Because even if it self-destructs, like, that, does it just does it zero out the drive? Like, how Like, how it does doesn't work, make right? the data inaccessible. Like, does it, without the secure enclave, you cannot access the data. Does replacing the firmware on the secure enclave make it so that you can access the data after... Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of questions that we don't have. This is proprietary software. We don't really have the don't really have the proprietary chip design. Yeah. So that, that that's probably the reason why they don't want to sell it or tell it, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. hell, Intel and Qualcomm have their own versions of this, and Intel also isn't doesn't isn't in the business of telling you how exactly it works. Like they'll give you a general overview of it, right? right. But the specifics of that, those are all trade secrets, mm-hmm. and there's good reasons for not wanting it to get out. Yeah. No. Uh... And Apple released the the a uh, uh, very public customer letter that I suppose is a PR thing, but I think a lot of companies are looking at that and they see a sort of um, leadership sort of uh, banner like under Apple where mm-hmm. they're where they can where they can resist the government's uh, attempts at uh, backdooring uh, crypto software. Even to Google and uh, Microsoft are aren't standing behind Apple. It's only been Facebook and Twitter who have came out to publicly support them. It's mm-hmm. so, like even the big tech companies are like Google, uh, Sundar, P- P- Sundar Pichai, if I can pronounce that correctly, was just kind of being wishy washy on Twitter. Yes. He's using words like "could" 
could yeah could like mm-hmm. he wasn't being very firm about it which no, is kind of kind of odd because i mean then again too with i mean i assume google cares much about security but most of google stuff is all on the web right like there's like on an android phone basically everything's backed up so i guess at that point when it comes to like google stuff it's not it's most of it can be handed over to the government right mm-hmm. if you if you store your stuff on google drive or uh or various other storage services and the device itself might be full disk encrypted mm-hmm. doesn't but matter because the data is still backed up to the cloud yes uh, and if you if we're talking about phone calls and text messages you can get those from verizon yeah or you AT&T. can get those from the carriers that, that has been uh, that's uh, the carrier thing is not even a, a question at this point so so basically if you want to if you want to use a smartphone and stay completely off the grid you need to not use any cloud service whatsoever. Like, nothing. You cannot even store your contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, cannot... also, if you want to stay super safe, use a fully encrypted Windows phone because there's no, there's no malware for that or anything like that because no one uses them. <laughs> oh, God. But do, do, do you think the, the encryption in Windows phone is not backdoored? Because, uh, uh, Windows phone just got encryption at Windows phone 10, and it uses BitLocker, the same stuff as on desktop PCs. It's the same exact encryption. But so with if, BitLocker, if, if there's BitLocker, key escrow. That's the it, problem. Yeah, so if BitLocker has... I mean, I don't... I actually do not know enough about BitLocker to uh, say if it is... How, how good his encryption is. The problem with BitLocker is uh, you, there's an option that's selected by default where it uploads a recovery key directly to Microsoft servers, right? And store it uh, for you. Now, uh, from a user experience standpoint, this is this is a good thing because uh, uh, people tend to forget their passwords more often than not, and they can lose access to a lot of data that way. And the recovery key is basically Microsoft's way of making the BitLocker uh, encryption usable by everybody. But that also means that they have the recovery key, uh, and we don't know how they store it and how securely it's stored. Uh, or if they will provide it to the government if required. He can turn it off, though. You can, you can Yes, you can keep a local yeah. version of the recovery key. So if you have a Windows 10 machine, uh, then you like a Surface, it's bit, BitLocker by default. Um, yep. It comes factory BitLocker. So um, it you can if you want to change the key that's used to encrypt. Well, I mean, it's it's well, to be it's not factory encrypted, right? It's encrypted no, it's once you log in from your Microsoft yeah, mm-hmm, account. Yeah, and then that's that's when the but by the default it uploads the recovery key to Microsoft. Yep. Uh, so, but if you so if you don't if you don't like that, what you need to do is go into BitLocker settings, re-encrypt it. So re-encrypt it and store the recovery key locally, like uh, you write it down and put it in a put it in a safe or whatever, right? Yep. Put it in a safe that also does not have a back door. <laughs> yeah, uh, safes are. I don't know about how I feel about physical security with safes, but that's basically Apple and the FBI this this week. A big uh, sort of what if question leaves uh, everybody yep. scratching their head. I basically, it's just a. It's it's interesting to see how it plays out, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end, of, it's it's like weird because. How much how much data can you really get from a device that isn't in the cloud, right? Like, what if you're like I I don't think the um would be terrorists of the world are using iMessage to give their plans out, right? 
Mm-hmm. And if they're if they're going to be actually the that, Paris the Paris attack is used SMS, which is entirely yeah. unencrypted. And uh, even like I don't they just they just want control to have control. It's like it's the I people who plan these attacks use like Facebook Messenger and stuff because uh, it's accessible. Like and if you really want and the techno ones, right? The ones like this the like supposed you know, uh, I set up my computer with a ski mask on hackers are probably going to be using IRC with end-to-end encryption on it or something like that, where everyone is is authenticated behind proxies. Yeah, and they're going to be using um, they're going to be using PGP signed messages, uh, PGP encrypted messages. Sorry, not signed. Uh, with uh, with with messages sent from Tor and. And on offshore email servers, right? Yep. Like, there's like the it's if you want to make it hard to get your data, you can easily make it hard to get to, but most people don't because it's a major pain in the ass to actually. Yep. Like, if you like me and like, like me and Static, right? We've I've ran an email server before. He runs an email server, and like doing that is a pain in the butt. Like, it's not it's it's easy enough to do, but like keeping up with it starts to become a, a hassle, and it's not worth the effort. Mm-hmm. So normal people aren't going to be doing this. So and the would be ones are gonna do are gonna make it super hard to get your stuff anyway. So it's, I just I don't see where where the gain is by putting in backdoors, outside of just a government need for control, or want of control and some nineteen eighty four style dystopia. Yeah, and the the questions that it raises are, what what does it mean for other tech companies going forward? Uh, because I'm sure Google and uh, Microsoft and other tech companies that make products with that are encrypted that use encryption in uh, in the majority of their products are probably very curious to know what's going to happen because that's going to dictate their policy going forward. So it's just it's, I feel like this this case, whether they want it to be or not, became sort of a landmark case. In the crypto wars, uh, in the in the crypto wars 2.0, as people like to say, hashtag uh, crypto wars. Let's get hashtag this. crypto wars. Yes. Uh, with that, I I'll put some very good links in the two uh, in the in the in the show notes that explain the whole issue in more nuance uh, and more detail. Uh, the technical details are linked to the iOS security guide, which you should read if you use iOS. Uh, and with that, I think uh, we will end this podcast. So, Christian, yeah, I think it's a good place to end. Uh, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I'm at Josephine on Twitter. No longer on Google Plus. Still got a got, got some emails asking about that a while back. So <laughs> you know, no longer there. Don't just stop using that social network because hell, even Google Games is tying. Google is unbundling Google Plus from all of its actual <laughs> from like its social gaming networks. So don't don't use right. it. Right. But uh, uh, just I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram, baby, Snapchat. Don't send me nudes, please. Uh, <laughs> and Static, where can we find you? Uh, I'm at Static Safe on Twitter. Uh, that's basically the best way to contact me publicly. If you want, you can email me uh, thoughts about the podcast at s at salikas.com. And with that, uh, we will terminate this episode. Goodbye. <laughs>